0: So let's let's think about Peter just for a minute. Peter makes a connection between being an elder and being a shepherd, uses the word interchangeably, essentially. But of all the disciples, who would have expected this from Peter? Who would have expected Peter to write these words? I mean, Peter argued with and and really admonished Jesus when Jesus said that, uh, or spoke of his coming death and suffering. Matthew chapter 16. Peter argued with the other disciples about who would be the greatest. He denied Jesus the very night that Jesus was betrayed. But here he is saying, care for the flock. Watch over it. Lead it. Wait for the great shepherd to appear. Seems like Peter took to heart in uh, the the words of Jesus in uh, uh, John chapter 21. Jesus had risen from the dead and and Jesus met the disciples in the Sea of Galilee. And three times he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, feed my sheep, guide my sheep, take care of my sheep. Peter is a changed man. He's a changed man from the Peter of the Gospels that, that we can read about who would have expected this from Peter? So like Peter, here at West Ark, we often refer to our elders as shepherds. And since we've had so many new members and new families uh, over the past few months, and honestly, during COVID, we kind of lived as the scattered church. Might be good for a a refresher. So I'm going to introduce our uh, current shepherds and their wives and maybe a a short little factoid about each each elder. Uh, I asked them, you know, to tell me something about them just real quickly and if they didn't I'd make something up. So if I made it up or, or what's true and what's not true we'll 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 have to discern. No, I, I promise you this is this is all the facts as, as I know it anyway. So uh, we'll go ahead and embarrass everyone and ask you and your, your wife to stand while I introduce you. Ron W. Belote, unfortunately, they're not here today. They were uh, out of town for a planned uh, vacation. Ron's our uh, Elvis impersonator, but he's now retired. He, he told me he's retired from that a few years ago because his suit doesn't seem quite to fit well anymore. Rick and Trisha Carson. Yeah, hey, come on, Rick, yeah, hey, yeah, thank you. Rick and Tricia met uh, in the, uh, well, the forerunner to Razorbacks for Christ, correct? The student ministry in uh, Fayetteville. Rick was a ag business major and Tricia was an education major, I think. So thank you very much. Dave and Dwan Cogswell. Uh-oh, they're... Yeah. Social distancing, I see. no. <laughs> Dave told me that uh, until he retired a couple of years ago, he was continuously employed since the third grade, correct? How are you about that? How are you at catching birds? No, no. (laughs) Dave and Duan, thank you. Michael and Jeannie Cole. Unfortunately, uh, Michael's not here this morning. Uh, Michael's father passed away Friday in Harrison, and uh, they're out of town uh, dealing with that. michael was a, a doctor in the navy he was stationed in naples italy and that's where he got a lot of his appreciation and love for the italian culture um, two or three years ago michael got to experience the italian healthcare care system up close and personal because on his way there for a vacation he fell ill on the flight and spent his whole vacation and several days in the hospital there for a heart procedure and, and treatment so uh, Jeannie and, uh, or Michael and Jeannie Cole. Brent and Carol Evans, right here. You know Brent. Brent's, Brent's a band, band director in Van Buren. Uh, Brent told me, I think I got this right, that he can play every instrument up to the junior high level, thereabouts. But trumpet is his favorite instrument, and he's not so good with the flute, correct? Okay. Brent and Carol. Kevin and Christy Hestland. Yeah. Thank you. Kevin has a guy for everything. If you need sheetrock work, fence, tree trimming, whatever, I call Kevin. I've got a guy. And believe me, if you need something done, ask Kevin. He's got a guy. Kevin and Christy, thank you. Ted and Sharon Knight. Ted had and played in a band, I believe, right? Yep, Ted, Ted Knight in the Regions, if I understand correctly. Is that right? Okay. I don't know what type of music. Well, type, is it John Ray? Were you a John Ray type, or was it just a honky-tonk style, Ted? Just ask Ted. He'll tell you. Ted and Sharon Knight, thank you. Barry and Connie Neal. Barry? <laughs> While living in, and working in Fort Smith, Barry traveled, uh, commuted back and forth on the old Highway 71 back before Interstate 49 to go to law school. Um, you know, that two lane, steep, curvy, hilly road, which I'm sorry, it's a scenic route, is what they call it now, but you know what I'm talking about before the interstate. And Barry told me that seeing the world Peter built, or the word Peterbilt in the rearview mirror, kept him awake. So Barry and Connie, thank you. <clears throat> Brian and Shelley Robbins, Brian's over here. <clears throat> Brian said they had moved to, to town in 1999, but Brian once worked on a crab fishing boat in Alaska. You know, the deadliest catch type stuff. So, Brian, the crab fisherman over here. And he's done other things too, trapping. And Brian's just an interesting dude, so say hi to Brian. (laughs) Paul and Colleen Shirley. Paul's not here today. He called me this morning. He's injured his foot, and he's not getting around well. But Colleen is over here. Hi, Colleen. She's waving. (laughs) If you haven't met Paul and Colleen, you will, because they are tremendous at uh, sharing and uh, showing hospitality. Paul was a yeoman in the Navy. Uh, a yeoman is basically works in the Navy's HR department, if you will. They keep all the forms and the records and 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 whatnot. Back when they had you know a lot of paperwork, so Paul would have done a lot of typing. And so Paul, uh, Paul can type on a typewriter without looking at his fingers, which I can never do. And Kay, do you know what a typewriter is? Okay. Does anybody under 35 know what a typewriter is? Whitley does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul and Colleen, and Shirley. And yours truly. My wife Suzette over here. She's waving. Yeah. There's nothing interesting about me. I've lived a dull and uneventful life. And there's an amen. Thank you, Dave. Just don't ask my mom, though. I guess I would say uh, I'm accident prone. So if you're around me, keep that in mind. I do tend to, to uh, have accidents. You know, uh, when my kids were young, I had broken my ankle. So almost to the day, it had healed Uh, properly. I decided to show them how to ride a scooter, and I broke my other ankle. So that's me. So here we are. Um, You see the word admin by four of us? The way we kind of uh, uh, organize ourselves, four of us rotate as the chairman, the elder of the month, which is actually quarterly, uh, we serve as the admin, and what we do is we basically you know set the agendas of the meetings and you know accumulate any information if, if a member wants to talk to us or a ministry leader or a missionary whoever uh, get all the background information and, and any needed information that the elders might need ahead of time and just to set the agenda and, and sign the checks and, and and whatnot for that quarter so uh, Dave and kevin and and Paul and I. Uh, uh, share that duty uh, three months at a time, but we're considered the elder of the month. And I can promise you uh, this is the absolute truth. We get along very well. We genuinely like each other. We respect each other. We're a very close group. Uh, all of us are available. Don't just think that the admins or the, the responsible parties, we're all available. Our contact information is in the directory. It's on the website, and we'll talk to any of you at any time. We're here each Sunday for the most part. Um, So you can call us, email us, however. Uh, We'll listen to anyone about anything at any time. How we uh, operate, and I apologize, these next couple of three slides are probably not going to be readable, but I just use them for uh, illustration purposes. We We use a covenant of conduct that just basically determines how we work with each other and in the congregation. This is not a private document. This is available publicly on one of our web pages somewhere. I'm not sure where, but you can, um, you can uh, talk to Dina or Chris and they can point you to where it's at. But uh, It just basically says what our responsibility to the flock is, um, how we work together as an eldership. We, we believe that uh, there are no junior elders. Everybody's uh, equal from day one. Uh, We believe each elder is under the spiritual care and oversight of the other elders. We listen to everyone, everyone gets a a chance to speak. Um, If you're not present at a meeting, you're considered to have voted with the majority on any motion. Where that's important is a few years ago, we we had an elders retreat and we decided, what do we want out of a worship service? Well, we wanted it to be friendly, inviting, participatory and intimate. So we said, All right, over the next four weeks, each elder, four elders will take a topic and speak about it. Friendly, inviting, participatory. We got those assigned. And then we came to intimate. So blank faces. Who wants to speak about intimacy? So what we decided was, Kevin wasn't at that meeting. <laughs> so that's, that's how we assigned that that task so kevin is our intimacy expert in the elders because he wasn't there and he agreed because he wasn't there with a majority so kevin won the lottery that day didn't yeah we all agree to support the decision of the group Um, if you ask us it's always unanimous always we don't talk to anyone outside of it Uh, if a matter, uh, uh, an elder, if an elder, is not uh, uh, agreeable for conscience' sake, then they can have three alternatives: they can ask for more time to provide more information, request assistance from the other elders, prayer, coaching, etc., or he can resign. Um, the reason we use the uh, this covenant is number one, it ensures that every elder has a voice, and number two, it prevents one or two elders that would dominate or perhaps, uh, you know, hold the group hostage, if you will. But at all times, confidentiality is respected. How we pledge to uh, handle communication, conflict, and reconciliation, uh, we encourage and utilize the Matthew 18 principle Members need to, uh, first of all, talk to each other in dialogue to settle matters. We encourage members to share their opinions with us, the ministers, the deacons, ministry leaders. And when the members of a congregation express an opinion or or have a question or, or something like that and approach an elder, we ask, what would you like us to do with that if they desire to meet with the elders? Then we, the chairman, the elder of the month, which is actually the quarter, um, arranges that meeting. If the me- member doesn't wish to appear in person, the elder asks if he can share their name. If permission is not given, then we won't discuss the matter because we won't deal with anonymous letters or comments. If permission is given, the elder reports the information. Uh, we'll we'll uh, discuss opinions or questions or concerns or whatever shared in writing but not anonymous letters. We won't read or discuss anonymous letters. We try to uh, organize ourselves around clusters. The reason for this is uh, efficiency. Uh, Instead of all the elders having to come together for a meeting to to, um, discuss a matter, I mean just getting us all together for a meeting is like herding cats. It's just hard sometimes. So uh, This cluster is empowered to act on behalf of the elders. And if there's a matter they think needs to be brought to the other elders, then we'll all discuss it. Um, You know, things like Lions for Christ building getting run into by a vehicle on Grand Avenue, we'll probably all have to discuss that, of course. But but this is just to improve uh, efficiency. our ministers, our ministry leaders, our missionaries, whoever they deserve a timely answer for us. And this can help us do that. Um, secondly, uh, we want to keep to date and track our current ministries. Ministries change and they involve, evolve and they come and they go. I remember, you remember the tape ministry? You remember when we had a cassette tape recorder in the balcony and they would record the morning service? And then they'd take that cassette tape. Kate, do you know what a cassette tape is? I didn't think so. Does anybody under 35 know what a cassette tape is? Whitley does. Okay, thank you, Whitley. Um, They would duplicate that cassette tape and then send it out to those who were shut in and could not uh, attend our services. And that was our ministry. Well, now we have live stream. We have um, YouTube channel. We have all these things that allow us to... uh, present the the services real-time tape ministry is no longer needed it's evolved to something else do you remember the prayer pager ministry does anybody have a pager anymore remember the prayer pager you, you the, someone could wear a, a, a pager and you could dial this number and they'd know they've been prayed for and that thing was would go off all the time i don't think there's other pa- pagers anymore Kay, do you know what a pager is no he doesn't okay Kay's my go-to guy here. Now, pre pre-pandemic, try to say that quickly. Pre-pandemic, you may have noticed that there were elders up front at the invitation. The elders would go to room one there's the bird back. Everybody take take a take a look at the bird. Watch out, buddy. Okay, so before the uh COVID, yeah, someone's covering their heads over here. I don't trust this guy. Before uh, COVID, we had all these assignments. And basically, and this is impossible to read, I just want you to see that you know, we have assignments each week for who does the call to worship, sending out, room 100, who goes down the invitation, who arranges the communion leader, who signs the cards that month, elder of the month, which is elder of the quarter, uh, all those assignments. And we do that because we want to be organized. We believe that... Uh, you you uh, you deserve that from us to be organized on these things. So this is not spontaneous. Every Sunday morning at 8:45 we assemble here at the building. We pray. We go around the room. We pray for each one of you. We we pray for your family. We pray for our sick. We pray for the, those who have lost a loved one or a friend. And we we pray for anybody who would be here this day. And we go over this, and so we make sure. Everything is, is in order in line. We do this because we want to be as organized as possible. So that when you see elders going every which way, this is, this is why and how we do it. Now we do think we have some responsibilities to you. We, we need to provide you with the food for spiritual growth. We do that through our classes, through special events. We do that through things like Right Now Media. We want to enable elders and members to serve and teach others through our ministries. We want to encourage those to be participants, and not observers. This includes the elders, everybody, through ministry. And we want to dress wounds. In the book uh, of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote that someone who is alone and needing someone to help them, to listen to them, or to be there for them, and to pick them up when they fall, Solomon says in verse 10, He pities anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We want to be there as your shepherds to help anyone who needs us to help them up. Now, we can develop all kinds of slides and and slogans and catchphrases and programs and ministries, but with responsibility comes accountability. You know, on this Father's Day, my my kids can confirm that I always told them with responsibility comes more accountability. You know, they got older and they wanted more responsibility. Okay, but if this happens, then this will happen. You will be accountable. Ezekiel understood this concept. Ezekiel understood that the responsibility of being a shepherd comes with accountability. And I can assure you the current shepherds get this, we understand this. Ezekiel tells us the consequences of those who don't shepherd as God intended. In the book of Ezekiel, Judah, including the city of Jerusalem, had been conquered. King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army had come and conquered it, and Ezekiel and Daniel and most of the citizens had been exiled to Babylon. As captives, And when they were in Babylon, the inevitable question arises, what happened? Ezekiel, the inspired prophet of God, said, well, I'll tell you what happened. You didn't do what God said to do. You disobeyed him and did exactly what you shouldn't do. And he did exactly what he said he would do if you disobeyed him. But he saved the harshest words for the shepherds of Israel. In this particular context, Ezekiel, the word shepherd uh, is used to refer to the leaders of Judah. It may be spiritual, it may be political, maybe both, probably is both. But the point remains the same that sheep that are injured and weak and hurting are to be in the care of of a shepherd, a special shepherd but Israel's kings and religious leaders often ignored this need so Ezekiel denounced them for using their power to satisfy their own selves their own greed rather than using it for the good of the people instead of feeding the sheep they had fed on the sheep And Ezekiel emphasized this responsibility that God will hold them accountable. Then this message came to me from the Lord, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, butcher the best animals, but you let your flocks starve. You've not taken care of the weak. You've not tended the sick or bound up the injured. You've not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd, and they're easy prey for any wild animal. They've wandered through all the mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, and yet no one has gone to search for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and you left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what he says. I, am now, I now consider these shepherds my enemies and I will hold them responsible for what's happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock, and I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths, and the sheep will no longer be their prey. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and find my sheep." And over the years, we have had the the privilege of visiting with many of you in your homes, and we have prayed with you in your homes and many other places. We've rejoiced with you, we've we've laughed with you, we've sometimes cried with you, we've even sat beside some of you and and held your hands while a loved one has has passed and received their reward. But I know I speak for all the, the, the shepherds when I say that we're honored to serve as your shepherds, that we love you all very much, we pray for you continually, and we consider it a blessing to serve you. You know, the Bible does frequently describe us as sheep, sometimes lowly sheep in need of a shepherd. A shepherd to guide us, to lead us, to help us, to lift us up when we fall. But where does this lead all of us? It leads us to the good shepherd. John chapter 10, Jesus gives us the answer. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. If you remember that um, image earlier of the, the sheep all in the line, but one was pointing the other way and one was going the other way. Jesus loves And gave his life for any wandering sheep, for the one wandering sheep, just as much as he did for the ninety-nine who are safe. In a moment, we're going to surround this communion table. And we're going to remember the good shepherd who's not willing for one of his sheep to perish. Even the one who's gone astray. Loves them just as much as the ninety-nine. So who do we remember this morning? We remember the Good Shepherd because the Good Shepherd is the one who laid down his life for his friends and his loved ones and that's who we'll remember this morning. Lord I come I confess Bow